The following podcast is brought to you by Cast Content Media. Hey guys, it's Ron Worley, your most imperfect host of Sons of Ditches. People are liars, thieves, addicts, and assholes. Some people change, and a few make a difference. But everyone has a story. Hey guys, welcome to another week of Sons of Ditches. Uh, My good friend, Nalia. Nyla. Nyla. So I said that wrong, but you told me how. So it's like New York to L.A. Yes. Uh, NYLA. Nyla uh, comes to us from, as I said in the introduction, uh, quite a background. And uh, so the first question I have, Nyla, is that, you know, you, in your in your introduction, we talk about the fact that you were abused. What mm-hmm. what kind of abuse? What, what how old were you? How did that go for you? Sure. Uh, so I was. I was in a relationship from the time I was 17 till the time I was 36. I'm actually currently 38. And okay. that relationship was abusive in many ways. Uh, and I like to point out that when I look at abuse, and it's a very, a very bold statement that I make, I usually see an equal sign. And I see an abuser on one side and I see a victim on the other side. Mm-hmm. And both of them are just two individuals that are expressing their traumas differently. So they're basically the same to me. Yeah. So while I was in that relationship, I don't, society sees an abuser um, differently with a different set of eyes as a victim. However, to me, they're both the same. They're just expressing their traumas differently. So I chose to stay in that relationship for that long and it was abusive. And that person chose to abuse because that's what he knew to do. So it was uh, physically abusive, emotionally abusive, it was um, sexually abusive as well. And it was oh, also, yeah. there was there was a lot. There was a lot of control, a lot of manipulation. And uh, we both decided to stay in that relationship and, and perpetuate it. So mm. I see myself as, as equally um, part of that abuse, but on the victim side. So I, I, I always like to put that. And the only thing that uh, we can do when people are either on the abuse or on the, on the victim side is offer them a solution. And uh, I see that all the time. People have told me, oh, why don't you, why didn't you leave? When you're in there and you, ha- you, you, you don't see it that way, you just stay until you do. And that's when the real change happens. When you come out of that victimhood and you don't see yourself as a victim and you, you want to change, that's the true power of everything. So it was a oh, long time. So <laughs> long yeah, time. that's so true. And so I, I like how you said that because a lot of uh, victims – Mm-hmm. try to say that they can't get out of the situation. And I know that's true to some, uh, but you're saying, hey, you participated in the abuse as a victim. Yes, 100%. Okay. That's amazing. I see, I see it as a reverse pyramid. So um, the the reverse part of it, the, the V part of it is trauma. There's only so many traumas in the world. How it's been expressed uh, through through um experiences and details and uh ways is unlimited that's that's mind-blowing actually yes I, thank wow. you wow that is is did you make that up yourself yes that yes oh my gosh that's mind-blowing yes. I, uh, thank you. that is a way for a lot of, i have a lot of women and a lot of victims of abuse on my show mm-hmm. and uh, i love that you know that that takes the victimhood almost out of it uh mm-hmm. you, 
you know, and it sort of gives you a, a way to get out, of, you know, to get away from the situation, you know, uh-huh. um, I love that. So, so you were in a very long, long, long relationship, 17, 17 uh-huh. years, thir- uh-huh. eight, 19 years. Wow. That is a long time to be in yeah. a relationship like that. Uh, so how did you meet this, this person that was an abuser in, in this relationship? So I was born and raised in a little island called Mauritius, which most people have no idea where, it's, nope. where it is. <laughs> it is, you know, Madagascar. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's a tiny little island somewhere in the ocean around there. And uh, I met him there. So he was my, uh, he was five years older than me. I, I moved out of the country to go to Canada to to live um, and just to continue my adult adult life. And yeah. he came with me and we kind of had each other for that amount of time. And even though we were there for that many years, uh, it was basically just us in our little bubble. And we didn't have a lot of outside influence in terms of family because it was just the two of us. Yeah. So the abuse kept perpetrating. And um, yeah, uh, and you know the rest of the story. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, so yeah. and and we'll get to the fun part. Uh, but I'm I'm just I like to reference my own life when I talk to people that kind mm-hmm. of hit some hot buttons. And uh, your idea that you, as a victim and the abuser, are both in this relationship together, it makes total sense. Um, my first wife, I used to say she was just a victim, always. Everything happened to her. She took zero control of anything. And of course, I had to be the abuser in that situation. I was I was drinking and drugging and I was an alcoholic and a drug addict. And and I did some I never touched her or abused her physically. But, you know, there's abuse involved with that. And of course, we just went back and forth and it was doomed to never work. We had very highs and lows that were never going to a you know, we were never going to have a healthy relationship because she was a victim and I was an abuser and it was just set off from the get go. Uh-huh. So I, I, I love that idea. So how does somebody keep from falling into one of these relationships? Cause they're almost magnetic, right? They are. And I was going to say, we, we attract who we are. Um, we, it's all about frequency and what, what we are perpetrating. So uh, in this situation, I, we did attract each other and then we grow and relationships are just that they are unique. Every single relationship, whether they are romantic, sexual friendship, or just you and I have a relationship. Every single person that interacts have a relationship. They relate to each other and Mm -hmm. every single one of them are unique. The thing is that because our conditioning, our culture and the way that society is set up, we have expectation of certain types of relationship. So being a romantic relationship, we have an expectation of ABC. And being a a friendship relationship, we have that. Being a female-female friend relationship, we have an expectation. It's breaking down those expectations and just seeing relationship as what they are. And a lot of what my teachings is about setting uh, parameters. So what are the parameters of every relationship that you want in your life? Let's say that you're meeting a significant other and that's going to be falling under the category of a romantic and a sexual relationship. What are the things that is in a box that are the parameters that you want to describe that are okay? So yeah. I want, I, I need to be respected. I need to have my own private time, whatever that is. There's no right or wrong. And you have that. And if anything falls outside of that, 
of those parameters, then you reassess it. That doesn't mean you're going to leave that relationship, but you're going to be like, okay, this is not 100% of what I desire. Uh, do I continue with that relationship? And it's reassessing at any every single checkpoint and allowing for uh, communication and clear communication about it. And also having no expectation of the longevity of any relationship. Because the thing is with, with us as human, we tend to put a lot of pressure on the other significant other because we want it to last forever. That's what the, the Disney movies told us. It's supposed to be forever. <laughs> However, that's not the case. We are together until we are not based on what we need to learn from each other, what lessons we have to learn from each other. And going into a relationship, any relationship with that mindset allows for people to fall out of being in the same space physically, but still be friends, still being able to have access to each other and not having a toxic ending to it. Because we tend to hold on to that relationship so much and try to extend the, the lifespan of it when it, it's going to, there's nothing there. The, the, the right. learnings are, be, are, are done. It's done. Right. So always put your parameters and assess it. I love that. Uh, what an boy, that's uh, it's almost scientific, like, but it makes sense. You know, you run out of whatever it is you're supposed to learn. And then what do you have in common anymore? Mm -hmm. um, so it, you said something off air that you currently have a partner. Can we talk about that for a little bit? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Yes. Describe to me your relationship because <laughs> it makes sense with what you just said. Absolutely. So uh, Adam and I, uh, we call ourselves non-sexual life partners. So we met, I actually met him three days after I left my, my last uh, long-term relationship with my ex-husband. And uh, the relationship, we met in a conference that was more so like an NLP, neuro-linguistic programming uh, conference that was in uh, Toronto. And uh, if two people knew us, they would never put us on the same table because we are opposites of each other. He is a male, I'm a female, he's white. I come from a Muslim uh, uh, brown background. He comes from a Catholic back background. He was an addict for a long time. I've never mm -hmm. been addicted to anything. So it goes on and on on how different we are from each other. And right. we quickly realized, and he, he, he also kind of wanted somebody that is his complete opposite in his life because that's where you learn the most. If we are surrounded by people that we call our tribes that have the exact same mentality, same way of thinking, then they are just soundboards. They're just uh, validating how we feel and, and uh, our experiences. Whereas when right. we have somebody that's opposite to us, it's constant um, healthy debate and learning and uh, progressing and expansion. So yep. um, we quickly became roommates uh, by just, it just happened. And we found a great synergy um, between us in uh, complementing each other in terms of learning, as well as we had similar goals for humanity. So um, when you ask both of us what we desire in this world, we had similar goals. So we decided that for the length of time to get those goals done, it is best for us to be together. And yes. we both believe in the aspect that uh, we we're not looking for soulmate. We're not looking for somebody else to be to to be the better half because yeah. we believe in whole human beings. So we want to whatever he's good at, he's teaching me and whatever I'm good at, I'm teaching him so that when the time is for us to part ways, we are two full humans. Yeah. So we have similar goals. We have other relationship outside of our um, partnership. However, okay. we are priorities in each other's life. We have businesses together. We've traveled since last December. We've lived in over 10 cities. 
Um, wow. We are currently in Mexico. Uh, we have an apartment, we, which is our headquarters, where it's like if you look around, there's paper everywhere on the wall. And we have, uh, we have very similar goals that we're working on. And it works perfectly fine. Wow. So you guys moved to Mexico together and yes. 10 other cities. <laughs> what about your relationships outside? Did the, uh, I, I assume a sexual relationship mm-hmm. um, and other parameters in your, uh, in your box, but do, does that person move with you as well? Or do no, they all live together? We have had situation when that was the case. Uh, we've had situation where we were in a house with where I had a boyfriend and I also had another male friend that was a, a best friend. And the four of us lived together. We moved. We, we lived together for five months. We have other situation where he had female uh, sexual relationships. It works really well. It's all about authenticity and communication. And we teach about that. It's yeah. about being honest and telling people what you're about and what it is that you desire and what it is that you're looking to bring into a relationship. And if somebody's about that, then awesome. If they're not, then they were never meant to be. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, it sounded like a sweet setup for you at, at the one time you had all the guys. <laughs> <in America. laughs> so, and, and your, your coaching is specifically, or maybe not specifically, but it, very much sexual uh, coaching, correct? A big part of what I teach is on uh, on bridging the gap on sexual uh, on the sexual taboos and the oversexualization and bringing it back to balance, and also teaching about how sexuality fits in the big pie chart of our life as a holistic life balance. And uh, yeah, it's part of what I teach. And a lot of, as you mentioned before, the way that I explain things is a little scientific. So I've designed a lot of ways of uh, connecting to the human brain, especially the STEM brain, the the scientific technology, engineering, mathematical brain of how to connect to them and explain those things that are deemed more psychological, spiritual or energy driven, because it's important to have this information to be accessible to everyone. So right. I spend I spend my time raising consciousness on that aspect as well on the sexual aspect because it's so important and no one is doing it. And no one is doing it. You're right. No. It's almost like we don't want to talk about it or something. But yes. Uh, which, but to, in my opinion, leads to this whole underworld of pornography and exactly um, closet watching and you know just it makes it feel icky, which it very well it very much should not feel. Sex should be out there just as much as anything else um now what do you say to people uh so i I was going to ask you this my wife and i were curious um that do you how involved with their sexual life do you get do you does both partners talk to you is it just the wife or i mean either a combination of all uh that the moment that i actually start talking to people all of their barriers come down and I know more about people's sex life than most uh, because it's a, it's a non-threatening safe space and there's no judgment. I don't believe in good or bad. I teach people about valuing and calculating action versus consequence. So it's very different because if there's a thousand people believing in the exact same thing, there's a thousand different ways of how this is coming into reality. So it's very, very subjective and it does not exist. Even yeah. the, the judicial system is based on that. So I believe more in this is an action. What is the mathematical value of that action? And what are the various types of consequences that could arise from that action? 
And are you okay with those? And if you are, and you go willingly doing them, then that's fine. So it's a very different way of uh, of calculating life and um, and action and, and and things, right? So yeah. with the courses that I do, I have I have I have courses that are one on one. I have courses for couples. I also have workshops. The main one, though, I really like connecting with the individual alone because that also relieves the pressure of having another person there. Yeah. And my main focus is to reconnect them with themselves first before they are able to share their sexual energy or any type of energy with another human. Uh, who are you? What, with, you've never really looked at that aspect of, you, of yourself ever since you've been sexually active. For most people, they've just right. been from one relationship to the other, one partner to the other. But who are you? What, what, what are the different aspects of what makes you you? Yeah. And, uh, and so it's very important. So if couples want to take it together, which sometimes it happens, and that's the calling that they have, I still yeah. recommend them taking a few one-on-one with me separate from each other so we can kind of work uh, individually with their traumas, their desires, the questions that they have um, that is away from a different person. So I do both. Yeah, that, yeah. And, and that makes sense. So really, you've got to separate the the so there's a lot of sick people out there uh and i and i I, you know healthy wise healthy minded so for instance uh, i share this with my audience so it doesn't matter at this point um you know i i determine love through sex and i know that's not healthy Uh i know that but me and my wife have got you know that's just part of me that's what i've gotten used to it Uh um and i'm sure there's many 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 other things that people attribute to sex and and abused people probably have a bunch of you know reasons why they can't have sex or sex maybe feels different for them because exactly yeah it's so much and the way that i like to refer back sexuality is how uh, we look at the the food industry so food you and i need to eat to be able to be alive it's a it's a, a survival need Sex yeah. is also a survival for human beings because if we don't procreate, it's the end of our lineage. Yeah. However, with food, because we have consciousness, we have allowed it to just organically be food. So we, we have food for diet. We have food for specific taste. We have the savory food, um, dessert. Like it goes on and on. And we have an industry. We have food in Thailand that's different from China. Um, there's a whole, um, you know, Everything that's centered around food it has, there's no limits to what it is. Like if you look at Food Network, it keeps going. It's like, right. <laughs> however, we haven't allowed that with our sexuality. We have kept it in a box where it's either for procreation, for control, or for um, pleasure, just a little bit. So right. what would happen if everybody is empowered with the idea that sex is just like any other aspect of our human um needs and uh, human experience and we allow it to just go and allow people to be creative and get different ideas of how to utilize it for other things what can sexuality look like in 10 years with that kind of a mindset is what i'm really about yeah boy it sounds amazing to me so (laughs) (laughs) i want to be in your world somehow you Uh, are (laughs) you are already i am (laughs) oh that's amazing uh we're very good um as you (coughs) 
Okay, sorry. Uh, we'll cut that part out. No worries. As you know, uh, my show is only a half hour, and I warned you that this question was coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, we play Brewster's Billions at the end of the show, and for my audience that doesn't know already, we give uh, Naya the Nyla the uh, billion dollars. She's got to spend it in a month. She's not allowed to have any extra cash or any assets when she's done. Nyla, how do you spend it? So I have this idea. So I, first of all, I did not know about this question before we started, um, before we met. So this is like brand new to me. I've had yeah. this idea of a, of a self-sustaining community for a long time. And yeah. I've actually studied the models that are out there. Me and my partner, Adam, we've, we've been around. We've looked at the different types of intentional communities that are out there. And none of them actually really works. So everything in this world uh, is screaming for balance. And every time there is any topic on either one side of the spectrum or the other, it doesn't work. So if you yeah. if you have those communities where it's everything back to Mother Nature, everything green, everything blah, 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 it, it's lacking the capitalism. And if you go on the capitalism side, it's too capitalist. So it's like we've created this vision with all of the different solutions to every single one of this world's problem, how to bring it back to the balance and have a sustainable, conscious community with the uh, the ability of having capitalism built in it and a big, beautiful, uh, healthy economic backbone to it, because most of them lack in that. So with that billion dollar, I would actually buy land. And that's not an asset for myself. Uh, so I am free of that and <laughs> and develop and develop that system on it. And there's a few points to it. So it's not going to be a, uh, away from um, civilization. It will be in tandem because we need to mm. prove that it works. It's, it's not something that you're going to take a car and drive for hours. No, it's going to be in tandem in a major city. It's going to okay. be producing its own food uh, vertically. And we have all of the different companies that are currently doing it uh, that is very environmentally uh, sustainable, friendly, not, the, not using plastic, having a fish into the system where it's all taking care of itself, uh, having a schooling system where we're actually teaching kids what is important. So bringing and inviting people from every walk of life, every type of thinking, every different ways of being to live there. We don't want everybody to be the same, to be thinking alike. We want people from everywhere to come and create this new type of society to revolutionize how we can actually live and be in harmony with bringing the past and the future together and start fresh. Yeah. So that's what I would use that billion dollar on. And I think it will go really, really quick before the end of the month. Yeah. 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 I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what a, what a beautiful concept. Nyla, thank you so much for coming on the show. You're welcome. Uh, it's been a real delight. And I look forward to meeting you again and mm-hmm. your partner as well. I hear so. Yeah. Uh, maybe we can have him on and uh, you know, thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to sons of ditches. For more information, go to my website, ronworley.com and my YouTube channel, sons of ditches, Facebook, Ron L. Worley, or Instagram at Ronald L. Worley II.